0: Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) in this corner, Eddie Gagnon! And in the opposite corner, Kristen Gagnon! This is What's Special About Special? Uh, I wanted to say that. Well, hello there. My name's Eddie Gagnon.
1: <laughs> oh Eddie, I don't want to be here all night.
0: <laughs> Welcome and thank you for joining us. My name's Eddie Gagnon. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Kristen, your voice. <laughs>
1: Listeners, Instacart is our favorite new shopping tool.
0: Instacart.
1: With Instacart, groceries are delivered in as little as one hour.
0: One hour.
1: They even have multiple stores available so you can shop all your favorites on one single order.
0: All your favorites.
1: They have the products you love from your local stores.
0: Local stores?
1: Instacart highlights deals to help you save money.
0: Saving money.
1: And they'll pick the freshest produce and keep all your eggs safe too.
0: Fucking fresh.
1: Listeners, you'll get free delivery on your first order over $35 just by following the link in our show notes. That'll let Instacart know that we sent you and you get to help support our show.
0: Instacart. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, today we have Kaylee Martin. She's an occupational therapist and a blogger. Welcome to the show, Kaylee. Hi.
2: Thank you. You're We're very welcome. So excited to have you Super on.
0: Super excited. So, um, yeah, not only, um, of course is, uh, Kaylee a guest on today, but we, uh, do have a personal relationship with, uh, Kaylee and her husband. Um, so again, you know, having a a friend on is something that I always find exciting. I know
1: Um, it's fun. We don't get to do it often.
0: I know. I feel like the, uh, content's just a little more, uh, better, interesting, wholesome,
1: wholesome uh, I feel like it's fun uh-huh. it's fun but at the same time it's difficult because we have to pretend we don't know the answers to questions that we're asking
0: <laughs> yeah but I like that. I feel yeah. more comfortable with that because then like I know you know what I mean I'm like oh I'll get a good answer out of this so tell yeah. me
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. I'm trying. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So Kaylee, so you're, you're an occupational therapist, right? And then you also started a blog recently Um, before we get really into all of that information. Tell us a little bit about your personal story. Where are you from? What's your support system? Things like that.
2: Okay. Um, So I grew up in Rhode Island um, with my mom and my stepdad mostly. Um, And then my sister, Allison and my stepsister, Jen. Um, and we always, I, I'm very close to my family, um, which I think makes dealing with anxiety, um, much easier because you don't feel, you know, like you're alone in the world. Um, so that's always helpful. I didn't really know that I had Um, anxiety and OCD until I was in college. So, you know, I had things, symptoms that, you know, looking back now I can say like, Oh wow. Yeah. It was definitely present in my life far before I I was diagnosed with it. You know, things like being very organized as a kid, um, which is like not super typical. Um, (laughs) being like really super hard on myself, very stressed about school, wanting to be, you know, perfect all the time and make sure I was like the best in my class, that kind of thing. Once I got to college and I actually like experienced my first panic attack, that was when it, everything kind of started to unfold for me. Came to like Um, a head at that point. Yes. (laughs) yes, (laughs) And, um, and of course my mom, was not the one genetically who has, uh, the anxiety disorder. So, um, it's my dad's side who I'm not overly close to. Um, and so there's a lot of history there that I wasn't privy to before it happened or have that, that
1: someone to say, Oh, I went through this. Therefore, you know, right. Things like that. Like it's harder if you've not had a connection with somebody who's gone through the same thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And I mean, luckily, my mom reached out to my dad and was like, hey, like, you know, Kaylee's going through this stuff like, you know, is this something that you had or your siblings had? And um, my dad did say like, oh, yeah, you know, when we turned 19, we all kind of had our first panic attack, which would have been nice to know (laughs) going
1: into college. Yeah, you'd be prepared at least like with a tool set to kind of handle it
2: right like hey you know what this is what a panic attack feels like like you might have one maybe you won't but you know
0: in case you do so
2: um (laughs) yeah in case you do you might want to (laughs) know um so that's kind of when everything started for me so what got you into occupational therapy um, so I actually went to college to be a speech therapist and then, <laughs>
1: which by the um, way, Eddie is different right before you came on, I was like explaining, I was like, you know, occupational therapy. And he's like, oh, it's, kind of, it's like speech therapy. I was like, it's different. <laughs> it's, oh, it's different. Super
2: different. <laughs> <laughs> super different. I, um, I worked as a speech therapist therapy assistant, um, after I graduated with my bachelor's and, um, doing early intervention, which I know you guys are familiar with. Um, yeah. And, um, I hated it. I hated speech therapy. (laughs) It's like, I loved the kiddos, but, um, I just like, I ended up falling in love with the OT that I worked with. Like Mm -hmm. she was just amazing. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so more of, like the things yeah like i love like the body and wow. how it works and how you know it's connected to everything that you do and so i actually blessing in disguise didn't get and i was like devastated and then i was like thank god i did it because then i ended up yeah. going back for um for ot instead
1: it was probably so cool. it's probably a sign though it's like one of those things where if yeah. you're not like fully into it yes. you're not putting it all into it so it was almost like a sign to say okay well you're not you're not ready for this or you're not this is not your path let's find a different one for
2: you
0: that was the universe just guiding you to where you needed to go yeah you know
2: it's true it's true in the moment it's hard to remember that but then you look back and you're like oh yeah that makes so much sense now
1: (laughs) yeah so tell us um for those listeners that don't know which i'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are parents or in the community that have been through occupational therapy at one point or another but for those who are listening that don't know what what is OT or occupational
2: therapy? So this is such a hard question to answer because (laughs) it's so um, multifaceted and which is cool. Um, I find that it leaves a lot of space for growth and change. So OT at its basic level is helping people continue to do the things in life that they do to take care of themselves or that they find as being meaningful. So like their routines, their habits, their rituals, um, and that kind of can break off into a ton of different areas. So there's pediatrics where we work with kiddos that have developmental disabilities or are born with, um, you know, disabilities. And then you can be, um, occupational therapist in the psych world and you can do geriatric psych. Um, you can do the nursing home, which is where I currently work. Um, which is very basic stuff, you know, like, can you take yourself to the bathroom? Can you put on your own socks and shoes? Um, can you feed yourself? Um, and then, you know, you can work in a hospital setting with really acute people that have been in car accidents or like a rehab um, type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or like veterans. Um, we do a lot of work with, um, amputations and things like that. So, Because our whole focus is on creating a meaningful life for the person, it's very, there's all different areas that we look at. Right, right.
1: Oh, I like the way that that's put, like that more than just like, oh, we're helping you rehab this area of your body or something. It's more, let's make your life meaningful, which I think is huge, especially if you have a disability or like you said, if there's an amputation or something, it's real easy to just go, there's a lot I can't do. And that's my oh, world. Absolutely. I can't. And I'm not, i am right. you know, and it, it is limiting, but we've seen some great occupational therapists that have really, you know, even just given Eddie the, the mindset or giving us the mindset to say, okay, he can do more.
2: Let's get that going where we absolutely. might not have done that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys are amazing. Um, and Eddie is like, like just a kick-ass kid so Thank um <laughs> every time though someone says that i'm like
1: it's it's from day one right in the beginning that like we had the best therapists like that's awesome and that yeah is a yeah. true testament to like who we were working with in early intervention like i were huge proponents mm-hmm. for early intervention because getting in there right from the start it does just like yes. adjust your mindset
2: yeah because i think we live in a world too where everything is uh sickness-based or symptom-based where it's like, you know, okay, you don't feel good. So either here's a pill or here, like this is how we treat this instead yes. of right. treating the whole person. You exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So like you mentioned, there's
1: kind of like focuses or specialties to each um, each area of occupational therapy, What specialty or focus are you a part
2: of? So I'm currently trying to make my way into more of the um, holistic realm of occupational therapy. Um, I'm taking a course right now on how to integrate nutrition and treating mental health disorders. So um, I've personally experienced the benefits of changing my nutrition and how that has helped my anxiety. And so, um, and I think nutrition is an underutilized form of medicine and form of, um, care. So for sure. Yeah. I'm hoping to break into helping people that have mental health disorders, um, live the best life that they can live while managing the things that they struggle with.
1: Right. Oh, I like that. I think I didn't even think of that as an as a area in a way, like you think of them as two separate things. Right. Yes. You think of the holistic route as one and then you think of therapies like occupational therapy, physical therapy, all of those things as another, but really they are so intertwined. They're working with your body, they're working with your mind. You know, they're kind of trying to connect right. everything like, right. so I think that's really cool. And nutrition is huge. I think when it comes to your body I and mean, people don't, we were just talking about this the other day, like you don't realize like if you have poor nutrition, how many organs and everything get affected. And if one organ is affected, it's affecting another organ. You know, your yes. brain is affected if, you know, your kidneys aren't working well, or, yeah. you know, it's just, it's crazy how right. interconnected our body yeah. is. And well, we are what we it, eat,
0: right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fascinating. It's like, you know, the smallest thing can be off and it can, you know, trigger this domino effect in your body and, you know, make everything feel like garbage.
1: I I mean, I've always, I've said this before, but like, it's huge in this house. Like I switched to a gluten-free diet because I just, I wasn't feeling well all the time. And my doctor finally just said, just try this and see if you're, you know, having, some adverse reactions to gluten and I have had and dealt with anxiety since I was a child, like a young child, maybe four. And that was just my norm. This is what I have. And these are my, you know, and I deal with the symptoms. I, you know, I just deal with it after the fact. And then when I switched the diet, it wasn't even for that fact. It was for stomach issues and other things. And little did I know that all that anxiety and panic attacks had faded. I mean, I'll still have moments, but totally different than it was all the time, almost every day. If I had to go to the grocery store or a crowded place or anything, there was a way I had to deal with that. And now, it's such a different world, all because I've just changed a small portion of my diet. Well, right, a large portion,
2: but (laughs) (laughs) but it's manageable for you, exactly. Exactly. I think that's something too that people. Like people aren't willing to change their diet because they're like, oh, it's going to be too hard. And it yeah. can be at first. But when you feel the benefits for yourself from having made that change, you're like, oh, it's worth it. Like it's totally worth the, the meal prep or the, you know, bringing your own pita pocket to a party exactly. or whatever it is, you know, like, cause it's going to make you feel good. Right. And right. you
1: know, at first it's like, I think the biggest I hear, the biggest thing I hear is the cost. Like it's going to, yes. it's too much money to change my diet. And yeah, that's because they make cheap food, cheap. Like mm-hmm. it's crap food. It's cheap. It's easy to get. Like That's why they make it that way. But we have in this house, like we've just found ways to find inexpensive alternatives so that same. we can eat the same and gluten free. I think people think like, oh, I have to find an alternative bread or you could just not use bread, <laughs> like,
0: right.
1: you know, and you right. could eat, you know, I can eat salads and I can eat proteins and I can eat almost everything on the plate except for pasta and bread. Most of my meals and I still have those things occasionally, you know, I'll use the gluten free breads yeah. or the gluten, but I'll even notice if I eat that too much, I'm not feeling well. Cause it's still also yeah. just full of fillers. Yeah. It's not any different than the bread you get at the grocery store. It's right. just a different exactly. combination of things. So, yeah. I mean, there's definitely ways to do it inexpensively. It's obviously easier, like in the summer when you yes. can bulk up on things farm produce. Exactly, But, yes. you know, we find
2: alternatives here and the whole house just started eating it. Right. Oh, at my Adam is yeah. like, he'll, he'll eat anything I make, you know, and <laughs> I don't think he's ever said to me like, Oh, this tastes horrible. Like he's like, Oh, this is good. Like, you know, (laughs) which is super great to have somebody that's supportive in, you know, trying a new lifestyle or diet or, you know, um, and I think it's like, yeah, it's expensive, but you have to think about if you hadn't made that change, well, You know, now are you going to the doctor more often to you know treat the symptoms? Are you taking medication that costs money? Are you you know like or has your lifestyle changed? Like that comes at a cost. I mean, there's I can't tell you many
1: times that we've had to adjust what's going on in the day because I would be anxious to go somewhere or do something. Yeah, right. And little did I know it was really just like like from what I the way I look at it it is like it was the fear of being sick at a location or not knowing how my body was going to feel and what was going to happen. It was that fear. That's what was causing more anxiety. I mean, yes, I still get some anxiety in general, like generalized anxiety, but it's a different feeling than that. Like, I cannot go to this place because yes. we're going to be in a line for an hour and there's maybe not a bathroom close. And 99% of the time I didn't need the bathroom, but it was like the anxiety was in f- like filling the, yes. the stomach anxiousness, which was that it was just like a cycle. And right. it's definitely been a huge difference since we've yes. just changed our nutrition in the house. And the kids seem to just have more energy. Well, some
2: of them have more energy all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if food makes a
2: difference. Right. Well, and it's true. Like, so for, um, I kind of cut out sugar. Um, recently I started, I tried keto in June and, um, my body, I met with my doctor and my body was having a hard time, uh, metabolizing carbs. And they were like, you know, do you have diabetes in your family? And I was like, no, like I'm super active. Like I've always been healthy. I've never had this problem. And, um, she said, sometimes people's bodies just don't metabolize things as well as other people. So, um, I cut back a little on carbs and, um, started using like stevia and then, um, the, the sweetener that they use in the keto diet, which is swerve or like erythriol. Uh Um, and what a difference, like, because my body wasn't having the insulin spikes Mm -hmm. throughout the day anymore my anxiety was like even keel like throughout the day and I probably noticed maybe within like a month like I was like all of a sudden I was like you know I don't have like my afternoon crash or like my nighttime anxiety or you know like it was it was really interesting how it worked that's pretty crazy
1: yeah I don't know if I could cut out sugar I have a problem uh, yeah. with desserts <laughs> and snacks and chocolate and candy. I just have a problem. I'm aware of it. Yes, <laughs> I'm not yes. quite ready to give that up yet. I mean, it's dangerous. I know that every day mm-hmm. at two I crash, but yeah. Well, and that's how I was. I like, terrible. All right,
2: I need my <laughs> afternoon chocolate. Yes, my afternoon coffee.
1: <laughs> Eddie will come home. And he's like, you eat that whole bag of chocolate. I'm like, no.
0: We had a uh, oh. previous guest send us a box oh. full, like a box full. No, a, like a, a box, a, a like hefty. When we say a box, box full, he's, of, he's
1: listening. I know of, it of,
0: of chocolate and uh, well of of candy. <laughs> essentially, was, like okay. Like here's sweets the backstory from, from London.
1: I'm obsessed with British chocolate. I think it's so much yeah. better than American chocolate. It tastes better, hands down. And he lives in Britain and cool. sent yeah. us this. Insanely,
0: we had like the Cadbury collection. We had everything. We had like, a, and of
1: course, a, I'm like, I have to try one of everything.
0: Yeah, the, the, and it's
1: open, uh, so I'm always well eat the rest of it.
0: The biscuits, there's uh, I forgot the name of them. They're Tes- like
1: Tesco biscuits.
0: Are those the ones in the that. green package? Like they were. Like, they're like amazing a sh-
1: coconut shortbread, and they're so and, good.
0: Like there's like little Not flakes gluten-free. of coconut in them. So like when you're eating it, and you, like, you get down <laughs> to like the last little bits of it, just bite through it. Oh my god, they were amazing. Not nutritious,
1: but. It's tough. But, like I'm, I, w- I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have a bite like, of it.
0: She's been killing that box, like killing it. <laughs> and like, we're out yesterday and she's like, oh my God. She's like, I don't feel good. This and that. She's like, I <laughs> ate so much candy. And it's just like, dude, stop. It's and every time I come fault. home, it rifled through again. Like she'll like organize it on the countertop. Somebody went through it again.
1: <gasps> okay. In my defense, oh. it's not just me.
0: It's Annabella. Yeah. just her.
1: No, Annabella also, but yes, I am oh, yeah. I am the biggest culprit. Anyways. So nutrition yes. is we do try to eat healthy here, but or eat okay. well for you our know, bodies, but
2: occasionally I
0: we eat healthy indulge. enough to counteract the unhealthy stuff that yeah. we eat.
2: Yes. Oh, and I am not nutritionally perfect in by any means. I certainly um like my, you know, like desserts and um definitely splurge on ice cream. Ice cream is my like oh. be all end all favorite thing in the whole entire world.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's important though. Like, especially if you're trying to change your diet for your health and it feels extreme to you, there needs to be some sort of cheat or you're not going to do it properly. You're sure. just going to quit. Exactly. So you need exactly. to have a balance. Yeah.
2: That's and important. one thing is not going to make all the work you've done up to that point erased. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah, it's, your body is miraculous that way and it'll- you know rev it up and metabolize it and it'll be fine so to take a shift a little bit tell us about your blog and you know what got you started sure so the blog is called the ot with ocd i have honestly i've been i bought the plan for like working on the blog online in like june of 2020 and um total learning curve. Cause I've never done anything other than Facebook or Instagram. Um, but I just felt like there are so many people that I've met in my life, friends, coworkers, um, that will end up telling me like, Oh yeah, like I've had anxiety since I was young or, you know, um, I haven't felt good in this way or that way. And, I've been through so much and learned so much through the treatment that I've done and the, you know, um, actions that I've taken to take care of myself that I felt like being an OT and the personal experience that I have, I felt like maybe I could actually help other people that are going through this kind of stuff and help them realize that it's not as rare as they themselves feel you know it's right. very actually very common um it's just not talked about because people often feel like i'm crazy for feeling this way or this isn't normal or um so i kind of just started like playing around on it and um adam has been amazing and he was like you need to just publish it <gasps> you need to just do it and um get it out there and then kind of go from there and so I just decided to hit publish and then um, I'm happy that I did. I think that um, I've gotten some really great messages from people. I don't know people I do know. And um, I hope that it continues to, to help anybody really.
1: I think, I mean, I think it's great. It's honestly written. It's very open. It's like a breath of fresh air when you're reading your experiences and connecting it to, you know, your world now. So, like, you, you know, talk about your experiences when you were younger and connected to how your life is now. And I think it's good. It's nice for anyone who, even if they don't have, you know, OCD specifically, but can share similar experiences and, and see a connection to their lives I think is huge. Um, yeah. It's important. I think, especially when it comes to anxieties, things like that, that affect the brain that, People just think, oh, it's in your head or, oh, you're doing it because of X, Y, or Z. Like it's something that you've built into yourself versus, no, this is a wiring issue or it's a chemical issue or, you know, where I think, you know, mental health issues, it sounds so negative because of all the stigmas and everything that gets put into the press. And, you know, you hear, oh, someone shot a school because they had a mental health issue. It's so negative. And yes, they have some issues, but the issues that they're not being spoken to care. or taken care of right. for. And I think,
0: right. It shows there's a gap in the system yes. that allows people to fall through these cracks. For sure. And so obviously there's the, there's w- no support. See mm-hmm. a need, fill a need. You know, when you see that void, that is just a call to action for, you know, something to right. be done.
2: Exactly. Right. I think people are very afraid to, you know, voice how they're feeling if they, you know, when they feel things like this. And um, that's kind of where it starts as far as, you know, going deeper and deeper and deeper into this dark place, bef- you know, before being able to get help, unfortunately. Right. Right. Um, so,
1: yeah, it is because a tricky thing, you know, with mental health or, you know, any kind of disability, anything that affects you that is what we like, we say a lot, like an invisible disability. It yes. is so much harder to get the support you need because it isn't right there out there. And sometimes you don't even know you're going through something. You know, it just right. seems like your life yeah. is different. You know, everyone's got something, therefore, but it's not always true. And sometimes you need a little more support in connection with somebody who has more knowledge than you do. Um, yes. whatever that looks like, whether that's medication or holistically, or you know, a, a therapist, a, you know, a, a psychiatrist, anything. I think that it's really important to know that, like, all of those resources are out there. It, and I mean, that is kind of why we started the podcast. Like, we want to make sure we get every resource possible out there because someone yes. might just not know they need one, right? Until
2: they hear exactly, about it. yeah. Exactly. Yep. So sometimes you don't know what you need. Exactly.
0: I was uh, thirty-four years old before I actually, you know, now now I'm prescribed for um, Adderall.
2: Yeah, for ADHD.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) But it's Adam. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, again, like honestly, like hearing, Adam well, I could stuff, have told I you 15 to years ago. I know, I know. <laughs> and, and that's, that's my thing. Like it was more of, I was just stubborn, but also like uh nervous, when yeah. you talk about things like Adderall and, um, Coming from where we grew up and in the background that I have, like addiction is a thing that just scares the shit out of me. So when it comes to somebody saying, hey, you can take this, you know, this uh, medication, but you might get addicted as well. Well, they don't say they Well, they say that directly. They're like, you know. Yeah just let you know, you can get addicted to this. And I'm like, well, that's very scary.
1: Yeah. And and at first you were saying, I'm going to take less than what they want me to take. Cause I'm nervous. And I was like, take what they wouldn't (laughs) be prescribing a specific medication for you. If they didn't think that would work for you. And I can't like tell you how many times I've heard them say like, well, if this one doesn't work, we'll try something else. Right. I know. You know, there is alternatives. And so I think it is scary. I think it's scarier when you have kids because a lot of these medications are made for adults. And yes. so it is nerve wracking when you see friends that when you grew up with that started on these types of medications and end up with addiction issues. But it's possible they could have had addiction issues either way. Like right. it doesn't necessarily mean yes. that they correlate together, but it does change your brain. Make It does do those things. So I get right. now that you're an adult, I feel like it is affecting you and treating you so much more efficiently.
0: Right. Well, I mean, yes. it's also accompanied by, you know, like a therapist, a psychiatrist. Right. Oh, um, I'm glad right. you said you that. You know, yeah. and then like, because previously before, I mean, previously before that, the only, the only thing that I had was self-medication and we all know that that's not great because you're not monitoring, <laughs> there's no consistency and there's nothing that's. Right. It's it's my concept of me thinking that I'm handling a situation or managing a situation.
1: Oh, and that's key. Like, I think how many times that, you know, just from being on the outside and married to you and being with you all the time to just be like, I can't tell you how many times I was like, I need you. To focus and like I think I said I need you to focus. <laughs> yes. Like today is a perfect example because you don't necessarily weekend. take it on the weekends because it's Unless not I'm, necessary. Like,
0: uh, yeah. If there's no appointments or anything. Yeah. yeah there's
2: no Adam reason. is notorious for not taking it on Sundays. Yeah. Which <laughs> is fine. Sundays
0: is because Sundays is football time and I'm just like. Yeah.
2: And it's fine. Yeah. Like you shouldn't
1: have to take it on the weekends. Right. It's meant to take so that you you know can focus on the tasks at hand at work and things like that. I don't think you'd be as successful having your starting your own business if you hadn't taken those steps. And I think that's a huge factor,
2: but you know, for someone
1: that's been on the outside watching you, like (laughs) today's a perfect day where I was like, I need you to be focused. Are you listening? Like, let's do this. Like, I think we say, I repeat that a lot and it did have an effect on our marriage, on our relationship when you weren't medicated. Mm. So I of think course. it's made a huge difference. You know, it's made, yep. made parenting
2: a lot easier. It's made all of those things a right. lot easier. Cause you're like, I want you to be my partner, not another child exactly. to manage. Right. manage. Oh. right. Cause I would, I would do that with Adam. I'd be like, I'd shut the TV off. I'd be like, okay, are you listening to me? Yeah. Like, are we having a conversation? You know? Exactly. And then he like, he became, he started medic, you know, getting medication. Like, I don't know probably like six years ago now um but it made such a difference like yeah,
1: and it doesn't change i think like the, the miss the misconception is that it's going to change your personality or it's going to change how much fun you are like I think a perfect example is adam right. and eddie like they are they're still going to be the children that they are they're still going to be yes. fun eddie has you know full energy all the time that doesn't change with the medication no the medication's calming his anxiety of needing to get 50 things done I was gonna like, say, speaking of anxiety like it is another correlation the
0: thing and that's honestly the only reason why I feel like um, it has a benefit on the weekends too because um, the, the, the nighttime worries like the anxiety and like that's yeah. all day Sunday too So, because during the day, like I'm not, I'm only taking it for during work midday. And then at nighttime, there's, I I feel no need to take my medication, but sometimes like it's like 10 o'clock at night. Now it's completely out of my system and I'll get, I can potentially get a panic attack.
1: Or he's up all night. Yeah. Yeah. Which is
0: really, really, and those are the things that like, I just. I'm going to try to manage through and that's where it's like talking to a therapist, you know, is the addition to it and then changing my diet, uh, making sure that because as you talked about, like there's a lot of sugar, there's a lot of carbohydrates in my system, which then break down into sugars or like, uh, and so that's, that's a big problem of mine. And I feel like, um, fixing that would be a, be a great addition to the small steps that I'm taking to just better manage myself.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But I, that, I like, think
2: all those little steps make, end up making the difference that you need, you know? Yeah.
0: But Adam, when, uh, cause I did have that at me and Adam talked about it all the time, especially when we were driving. We're just around blowing around
2: Adam right into this. I feel um, poor, poor Adam. Well, uh, I
0: love oh. him. Well, the, cause he would, he was <laughs> one of my, he was one of my first like people that I was like actually able to talk to where, you know, Adam doesn't have like a, a big addiction background or like a, uh, no, you know, like a, <sighs> Like for lack of a better terminology, like criminal background, like kind of like mischievous background. Okay, um, I like say, you're not a criminal, yeah, but, but you know what I mean. Like, um, and so yeah. to you guys hear came from some, different backgrounds, right? And to hear him say, "No, this is what worked for me," and stuff, and I'm like, "Cool," because this is somebody who I feel like we are like on the, we're absolutely on the same wavelengths and stuff. So to hear him, I yes. trust what he's saying, and Adam's not taking it for anything other than better of himself. So that was always like, and then when Kristen exactly. kept being persistent about it, that's where it's just like, okay, you know, like, and I remember having the conversation with her about that too. Like, you know, they talked yeah. about this and I remember talking to Adam and stuff. And then I have another a, a very close friend of mine that kind of shed a lot of light on it too. So I was like, all right, let's,
2: yeah, let's,
0: let's see how this works. And, um, you know, so those are good, good things
1: so tell us about ocd specifically how does it affect you how does it affect others is it kind of the same for everybody or
2: does it vary so ocd is something that um so i i actually originally thought you know i just had like a generalized anxiety disorder um and ocd is very interesting in that it can kind of change throughout your life um So, um, in one of my blog posts, I talked about when I was little, I would lay in bed at night and I would like say out loud, you know, like good night, mom, good night, like to my grandma, like everybody in my life that like was important to me. Um, and I said these, you know, I would say them out loud because I felt like if I didn't, they were going to die or something bad was going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it kind of like manifested into, um, being super, super neat. So like my bed had to be made and like, nobody could sit on my bed. Um, and the reason behind that, I don't think was very clear to me at that age. I was like, you know, nine, maybe, um, I just knew that it made me really upset. Like it made me inside, like so angry and like mad. Um, and then, it definitely extended into, um, my schoolwork and wanting to be like, you know, super, super, you know, top of my class. Um, I don't know if it, you know, like had something to do with the, like how I felt about myself, my worthiness, my, you know, um, success rate. Um, and, and then as I got older, um, I started learning more about it because I, I've had, I haven't written about it yet, but um, one of the major areas of OCD is harm OCD um, which is where you either fear harming yourself or harming somebody that's important to you. And um, I started, yeah, it's very scary and what you learn, what I've learned through therapy is that OCD attacks the things that mean the most to you. So, um, you know, like a lot of moms postpartum will have fears of hurting their baby and it's not because they actually want to hurt their baby It's because they're, they're so in love with their baby that their biggest fear is anything happening to their baby. Um, and for me, I've always been a, I love life, like, I, you know, I want to live to be 110. Like I, you know, I've always been like that. And, um, within the last like five years or so, my fear has turned into this fear of harming myself, um, which was a really terrifying experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I've worked a lot with my therapist. On, now, does that um, have
1: some connection? I feel like, you know, it seems like
2: it's a in a, in a
1: form of like needing to have a control over a situation. Like when you mentioned that, like the, you know, having that idea of postpartum of, you know, I'm afraid I might hurt my child. It seems like, well, yeah, that would make sense in a way. Like if you, if you have something that's saying I have to control these situations and then having an infant is uncontrollable. So no doubt that you would be afraid that like something might happen And then you add on to that that it would be at your hand or your doing. You need to to feel the need to control that at all times,
2: like that fear of loss of that control. Right. It basically comes down to and it is, it's a fear of loss of control, a fear of um, you know, not always having the crystal ball answer that you want. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I read something that was really cool in, um, when I was learning about the whole harm thing. And it was this guy saying like, you know, do you have thoughts and fears of harming yourself? And the person he was talking to was like, yes. And then he said, well, do you also have thoughts about living? And he was like, oh, all the time. Like, I'm so excited to like go here and there and do this and that and have kids. And he was like, so you have, it's learning how to reframe your thoughts and realizing that the thoughts are trying to make you afraid. Um, but they're not, the, the thoughts are not you, you know? Um, but it's, it's a huge, uh, undertaking because yeah. it's something kind of have to work on all the time. Right. Yeah. It's like well, a constant, your,
0: you know, the, right. your typical, like, mind frame like the way you're yeah, like you rewiring break down. your brain it's like i look right. at this and what do i think about and it's like well no before you start thinking about what do i think about when i look at that you have to understand that like let me reconstruct that that's
2: yes it, yeah it,
0: to have that no to have that idea before you approach that situation that's got to be just very difficult to start because that's how you'd start training yourself there Um, It must be easily
1: misdiagnosed because like you said, like to say, oh, do you have thoughts of harming yourself? It's going to put you in one diagnosis. But if you then rephrase it and say, well, but do you have thoughts of living? And like maybe figuring out where those thoughts are stemming from. If you don't do that, you can easily I can imagine you can easily misdiagnose having OCD.
2: Well, and I said that to my therapist, you know, I was like so upset and like, you know, I said, these thoughts have never come into my mind, like until, um, you know, later in my life. And she said, um, she said that the key for her in looking at someone who is, you know, has OCD or who has like major depressive disorder. Um, she said someone that is, is depressed and is actually, um, you know, having suicidal ideations or, or that kind of thing, it doesn't cause them anxiety. It, it tends to, you know, there's a, like a lack of emotion associated with it or Mm -hmm. a sense of calm associated to it. Whereas, you know, she's like, you are so upset about it, which is basically indicating that this is exactly what you don't want. Yeah. Um, So it's very, it's like this very backwards, complicated um, way of like your mind trying to protect you from the things that you fear.
1: That must though, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but hearing that must also though, kind of flip it on its head a little bit and make it feel a little bit more manageable. Cause I, I can imagine if you're in the other way, you're thinking, oh no, like I have this major depression, I'm going further down this hole. Where will I end up versus someone saying, listen, this is your mind, like protecting you. And and then all of a sudden it kind of flips it to a more not necessarily positive, but something that must seem more manageable in a way, like something that can be helped that yeah. like you can get you can work on yourself.
2: Yes. yes. When you start to like, you know, I mean, I still see my therapist um, at least once a month for, a while, you know, if I'm having like a rougher time, I'll see her every two weeks or whatever. But um, learning. The, the patterns that your brain starts to take. Like now, like, for example, like Adam has said to me, you know, everybody has scary thoughts. Like he's like, I've had thoughts where you're driving on the, the bridge and you're like, what if I drove my car like off the bridge right now? The difference is that someone with OCD hangs on to that thought and they're like, Oh my God! Does that mean I want to drive my car off the bridge? Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who doesn't have those those chemical imbalances in their brain that you know just kind of goes out the other ear and they continue with their life, um, but we kind of try to make meaning out of that one thought, and it it ends up spiraling. So learning to, you know, have a thought like that, and like now one of the main things that I say to myself is like okay, brain, like, I know you're trying to protect me, but I'm okay. I don't, I don't need you to protect me right now. Or like, you know, um, so it's learning what works for you to manage those kinds of symptoms.
1: Well, I think, I think it's important, like how you're acknowledging your, your view of OCD, what you've gone through, because I think classically what people think of when they hear OCD is, Oh, someone who has to brush their teeth, This many times or somebody that has to put deodorant 12 times on each side, like, because that's what we've seen on TV or that's what you've seen in documentaries and that there's and probably because that's the easiest way to physically show an explanation of, you know, a classic OCD. But the fact that there are so many other layers to it that can affect you in unseen ways that even someone who has it might not know, I think is really important because... It's probably very easy to just go, oh, you're like for even a parent or for anyone around to just go, oh, you don't have OCD because you don't have X, Y or Z
2: happening. Right. Right. And and it's crazy because they kind of everybody's form of OCD kind of links back to the control thing where it's like somebody who is um, afraid of germs and washes their hands like, you know, an insane amount of times during the day at the root of that is still that fear of not being able to control whether or not they get sick or they get some, you know, horrible disease that causes them to get sick and die. Like it kind of always goes back to trying to protect themselves and have control over their life in some way of some way, shape or form. That's crazy. Yeah, it is.
1: So, you know, as someone who is medically trained in a way you have, you know, you've been through this world as well. How would you, do you see something like OCD as a mental health issue, as a disability, as a special need, all of the above? Like, how do you mm-hmm. kind of look at it?
2: Um, so it it's taken me a while to accept, um, you know, that it's part of my being. Mm-hmm. It's part of who I am. Um, I definitely think it is, um, I tend to look at it as a, as a mental health disorder, um, because I think I look at it as if you can treat the brain, um, it kind of helps you treat everything else. Uh Um, so if your brain is healthy, um, you know, that's going to like, if you mentally feel well, you're going to feel well enough to exercise, which is going to make your hormones feel good. And, you know, be activated the way they're supposed to. Um, I think it can be a disability. Um, I've I've been written out of work before, um, so I I definitely I think any disorder can become a disability if it's not treated um, and not cared for the way it needs to be. I think right. that's a, that's a
1: good. I mean, I think so many times. Me and Eddie have talked about this a couple of times, but like it is a blur. It's kind of a blurry line sometimes between yeah a disability, a mental health issue. They're not all mental health issues that can be disabilities. And there's not all disabilities that are obviously mental health issues. But I think it, I think for society to take something, I guess I'm I'm on a parent, a parental side for society yeah. to take something serious enough So that it can be an accepted to be accepted to have actions towards it. Unfortunately has to fall in, in a category that is acceptable. And I think right now we live in a time where like disabilities or special needs are, are more not accepted, but are granted more leeway to get support systems than mental health. And when people think mental health, they just think someone who snapped or, you know, quote unquote Mm -hmm. someone who snapped or whatever, instead of, Hey, everyone's brain's not working. Just like everyone's leg might not be working the same or everyone's, you know, arm might not be working the same. And I think I, I, on our side, and sometimes we're not as politically correct as we should be, but I think it's okay for everything to kind of be lumped together. Yeah. If it means a positive, like if you're going to get more support, if there's going to be more support and more awareness, then lump it together so that we can bring awareness to things so that everyone can have the support and the resources that they need. Right. Absolutely.
0: Unless like, you're breast you can, cancer. You can, <laughs> you can call
2: <laughs> they've got a lot. You can call your you can call your boss and say, Hey, like I broke my leg. I gotta be out of work. But if you call and say, Hey, you know what? My medication for my O C D is like not working really well, like I have to be out of work, the difference in the way that you're looked at, unfortunately, yep. still exists. Yep. Oh, know? for sure.
1: And you they might say, Okay, but there are definitely employers that that's going to affect maybe their growth in the company or, yeah. you know, future things. Because at some point something, oh, I remember though they were out for a week because, and it's looked at as if like yeah. they're lazy yeah. versus right. when the reality or is weak, there, there, there's, exactly. there's a flaw to,
0: right, exactly. And it's right. not because in my opinion, there's been times where, um, I've presented the idea of you have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge what they're saying because that's, in my opinion, a cry for help and things like that. And that was looked at right. as a weakness in management. You know, it's like, yeah. no, you can't, in you don't do that. You have to, yeah. you have to, you know, like convince them to keep pushing Toughen themselves. Up. Yeah. And it's like, you can't yes. do that though, because if somebody is willing to take that, take that step to say, listen. I got to fix this. In my opinion, me as a human, the best thing I can do is receive that and say, you're right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Well, plus it's only benefiting. Every everybody side, everybody. If, if someone somebody going to look for, it, for help,
0: they're getting the help. You're getting a positive change out of that person. They're coming back to you. I'm sure there's going to be an amount of gratitude, which I that's again things that I've received in 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 managing and yes. doing that. Like you, you see that people come back and be like, "Thank you." Oh, I, I know you yes. could have taken that two ways. I just appreciate that so much. I just needed that time. You got it.
1: Well, on yeah. the flip side, you have Absolutely. an you have a chance you may lose a valuable employee because they cannot perform to the way they need because they just need a break. Yeah. Mental health days are right. important.
2: Oh. And
1: yes, I mean,
2: it's crazy that about, it's not built in. Right. Like if you had shut that person down now, the likelihood of them, you know, speaking out to get the support that they need in another way you yep. know they may never do it or and the next now employer got, yeah right and now you've got this person that never gets treated and you know yeah. who knows what happens you yeah. know i
1: think there's a responsibility factor there as for sure
2: yes
0: well we just agreed we have responsibility as humans to be compassionate to your it's, neighbor yeah yes. you know, we, we like i just i i don't know if it is like a Uh, if that is a personality trait, I know it is because there is things like sociopaths and things like out there. Yeah. But the idea that for me, one, it, it, it feels extremely good to do something nice for somebody or just do the, the good deed. But also like, I, I almost get sick if I see an opportunity and I don't take no, advantage of it,
1: that is not yes. even
0: like those. That's are, like
1: minimizing how your reaction is when you think you can, like someone's pulled over on the side of the road with a flat tire. It's like, it takes everything you have to not pull over. Even if there's three other people pulled over, like it's like you.
0: Cause like, they're, they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> you can go, you can go.
1: I'm well, like the sure? opposite. Let I probably on, am a sociopath. Are you, I'm are you like, guys okay? <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've stopped ever. in yeah. my. I'm like, I'm probably the sociopath in your example where I'm like, eh,
0: (laughs) somebody else will help them. (laughs) And that's the idea is that for me, that is a gut wrenching feeling to leave it up to somebody else. Like,
2: yes, if you're there. (laughs) And I mean, it amazes me. I work in, in healthcare and the lack of empathy and compassion that I come across in, you know, various people that I've worked with or, you know, I'm like, how are you in this profession? Hmm. And you have, you know, and it and it's easy to become numb to things like people's complaints of pain. You know, uh-huh. you're like, yeah, OK, Mrs. Smith, like you've had pain for, you know, whatever. Yeah. But sometimes that that ex- explanation of pain is completely unrelated to the pain and it's something else. So I think it's so important to try to ask other questions like, you know, well, you know, how did you eat today? Or how did you sleep? Or, you know, how are you feeling? Like, are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling sad? Like, and you know, sometimes that frustration manifests into pain. Like it's, it's not so easily explained all the time.
1: Well, I think it's a perfect example. It's like, if you had an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old or whatever, a child, doing the same thing you'd investigate before you just said either no or took them to the doctor. Like there's one extreme or the other, but usually as a parent right. you're saying like, well, you've had headaches before. Do you think it could be because you didn't drink enough water? Like let's talk this out versus just being like, here's a Tylenol. Exactly. So like, exactly. Th- you know, even though it's funny how we like st- we, we do something with kids and then out of some point we just kind of stop as someone becomes yes. an adult, we just assume that they'll be fine. Like it's just not how it works, you yeah. know? Right. No. Now, do you no. think there should be more awareness or do you think there's enough awareness specifically for like kids going through the same thing? Because it's, they're so young and they're so un, they, unaware of their feelings and what's going on with them and their bodies.
2: Um. I definitely, I mean, I was lucky to have an amazing mom that was very, present and very, you know, there, um, paying attention to her children. Um, but I think even the best parents, if, if neither parent has ever had an anxiety disorder mm-hmm. or a mental health disorder, or maybe like, you know, their great grandfather did, but nobody ever talked about it. Um, I don't know that it's, I don't feel that, you know, OCD specifically, um, is talked about as much, especially in children. Um, I think it can easily be looked at as anxiety, but, um, treating OCD is, is different than treating, you know, just an anxiety disorder. So, um, I definitely think it, it could be included more in, you know, whether it's primary care or, um, you know, somehow explain that, You know, these are things you might see in kids that have OCD or um, because I think, you know, had I not had the mom that I had, I may not have gotten, you know, to to the type of care that I needed for sure.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely I mean, like, see it sometimes in, in our experiences, like there's a lack sometimes and even like the school system and not that the school system is responsible for medical, you know, support, but. You know, a lot of times we've heard the rhetoric even with Eddie and it's a physical disability. Well, if it's not affecting his class, if he can hold a pencil and if he can walk upstairs, he's good, doesn't need any therapies. And we're like, well, you're the only people we can get this support from. And it does affect him if he feels that his body moves incorrectly or he's not feeling like he's walking. He can't catch up with the, you know, with the line. Yeah, that doesn't affect his education but it's definitely affecting his social skills which will affect his education at some point exactly and so something like this i can imagine for sure if you're in a classroom and you're having anxiety and and you know you have some ocd tendencies or anything as a child and that's not being recognized in the classroom because they're getting straight a's because this is the child that has to have straight a's the answer is probably
2: well they get great grades so exactly Uh, and you know kids want to be accepted they want to be liked by their classmates and to feel internally not good about the way you feel and feeling like well nobody really understands me and like you know my classmates think I'm weird or you know it it's just not that just sets them up for further you know challenges for sure for sure
1: So we ask all our guests the same thing. If you had a few moments
2: to speak to our community, what advice would you give them? Hmm. I think um, the best thing I can say is that what is right for one person is not right for the other. So I think it's so important to pay attention to your own body and, you know, not go off of like what you see online or what other people say works for them. I think you have to take the time to really look into what's going to work for you and, and get the right support and, um, you know, work on you. Don't be, you know, affected by other people because everybody's different and that's okay. You know? Oh, that,
1: I think that's great. I mean, it is perfect advice when it comes to anything, yeah. you know, in general, it's just really like, you've got to know what is going to work for you and not just say, oh, well, so-and-so is doing that. So that's going to work yeah. for me. And then when it doesn't, you just feel devastated. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So for yeah. the blog, I mean, it's, really awesome. I love, I get like excited every time there's another post. Um, how would you like to see the the blog grow in,
2: you know, in what ways? Um, so I think, um, I am working on this class right now on the whole, um, linking nutrition to treating, uh, mental health. So I'm really, I, I would love to, um, start to use the blog for ways to, teach people, you know, depending on what disorder they may have or, um, what issues they might be having, how they can use nutrition, um, to try to sort those things out. Um, and so far the class is fascinating. I'm only on module three. I have like 10 more modules to go, but, um, (laughs) um, so I definitely, uh, would love to link it, link up with that. Um, and, um, also continue to show that, um, occupational therapy can do these things, um, and, you know, make, make occupational therapy more than, you know, someone that gives you arm exercises uh, or, um, helps you go to the bathroom, you know? So, um, I definitely think those right now, those are like my main, um, directions. Oh, I think that would be great. I mean,
1: we right now, I think especially like our generation and the generation coming after us, they're looking more at alternative treatments for things yes. and and in general, even just in general how they can keep their body healthy, strong. Like quality yeah. of life over quantity of life almost seems the most important thing right now. Like I think our generation's yeah. always looking for quantity. Yeah. That's why they want more days off. That's why they're willing to work from home and work on a Sunday, but have a Monday. Like they want to be able to bank vacation days and put in 60 hours a week because quality is more important to them if they can right. get a three week vacation and really shut their brain down. Yeah. And I think it's exactly. something that's not always, you know, recognized when it's like, Oh, that person just wants three weeks. It's like, no, they are prioritizing their mm-hmm. life. They're going to work for you 110%. Yep. But they right. want that, you know, but they're
0: going to want what they need or what they feel like. Yeah. Is the and right a lot of that is saying to keep that going.
1: Exactly. And I think right. a lot of that is right. to find ways to kind of recenter, Yep. reset, yes. take care of your body. They're always going to the gym. You know, I say they, cause I'm right on the cusp of that generation and I clearly don't do any of those things. But <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, I'd love to go to the gym all the time and take care of me. But I think it is, you know, definitely a trend that is a good trend. Not one of those trends. You're like, Oh, it's just a trend. It's like, no, this is a good trend. I hope it keeps going and connecting right. that like-
2: is great. I think people put too much emphasis on like when you say you have a day off, people are like, oh, well, that must be nice. It's like, yeah, it is nice. Like I deserve a day off. Like, yeah. It shouldn't be seen as like this lazy thing. Like I think go, go, go is not something to applaud all the time. It's, right. Well,
1: we're not physically made up for that.
2: That's pretty obvious. Right. No, no, absolutely.
1: That's awesome. So where can everyone find the blogs, the blog website, social
2: media? Where can they find it? So, um, if you just type in the OT with OCD.com, um, it should come up like on Google. And then, um, if you find me on Facebook, um, it's Kaylee Martins, um, I believe my maiden name is in parentheses, which is in the kitchen. So um, and I usually link my posts on there as well. Perfect. So we'll definitely link, you know, the website, stuff like that. So
1: our listeners can check it out for you and definitely connect with you if they've got questions or anything like that. Yes, Um, please. I'm super excited for what's to come. And
2: yeah, I know. Thank you so so much. This is so cool. Thanks for coming on. I'm super pumped that we were able to set it up. Absolutely.
1: Anytime. Awesome. Well, you have a great day. All right. You too. You don't really have to hang up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that's awkward. That's just where I edit
0: it. Right there. Yeah. Click. Well, thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please make sure you share with a friend and leave a review.
1: You can find all the resources mentioned in this episode on our Facebook or Instagram on at special about special.
0: Thanks again and we'll see you soon.